All right, guys. So I'm pretty sure I'm fired for my real job. Huh? What? Not, not really. I would say not really. That but, was clickbait. Yeah, that was clickbait. So the other day, I, uh, I, I work in carpentry. For anybody that doesn't know, and he's such a man. I'm such a man. You know, I I own a hammer, which ah. is so manly. Um, and a truck. In a truck. So, and plaid. And plaid. And he no can grow a kicking beard. I shaved it off today. Um, mm. But so the other day, I was I, I was helping the boss of the company, the very tip top of the guy. He brings his personal truck to pull this trailer out of this stupid, super steep driveway. So what happens? He has me back him up, and I put the trailer on. Ooh. And so he sends me out back to the office to get something. And... I, I come back and he's already on the road. I, I pass him going back to where I was supposed to be. And I get back to the job and the project manager there looks, he says, Zach, you, you put the, uh, you put the uh, trailer on the back of, of Steve's truck, right? I said, yeah. He goes, okay. Well, it slipped off and hit the back of his truck and made a huge Whoa. dent. And I was like, oh, because <laughs> this is his, he got it earlier this year, a little after I started. So that was like, three months ago and mm. i put a huge dent in the back of his is he like is he like one of the guys that like treats this truck like his baby i don't think so according to that you dropped on his stories <laughs> right <laughs> um apparently the last new truck he got he ran it into a bunch of trees um himself so you're just doing him a favor yeah yeah i'm like here's <laughs> you know, it's devastating if you make the first scratch I've yeah. made the first giant dent. <laughs> you broke the ice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I'm glad that he didn't. Uh, that he I haven't confronted you about it yet. I haven't. No, I haven't spoke to him. That was on oh. Thursday, so my last day of the week that I work, and I did not oh. make a note to go back to the office. So maybe Monday. <laughs> <laughs> well, he didn't wait around to like confront you, so that's a good yeah. sign, right? I guess. I mean, I was there, it's like, like might he might keep. I mean, he might talk to me about it. He might not. Did any so, trucks like zoom by your body, like barely missing you on your way out? A couple times, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was probably unrelated. You know, I would like, I would like bend down to pick up, you know, a piece of wood, and I'll, like, a bullet would go by and hit hit the house by me, and I'd say, "That's weird." Yeah. <laughs> one of your, one of your, uh, the guys that works with you got poisoned whenever he ate your lunch, right? Yeah, I was sharing my lunch with him because yeah, God yeah. is. <laughs> And he just dropped dead right then and there. I thought, weird, must be bad tuna. Yeah, right? <laughs> you eat tuna now? Man, no. you have changed. <laughs> That's the only yeah, lie just, I've told. I was just about to say, I'm starting to disbelieve this story. It was three truths and a lie. Of the tuna. Welcome to Don't Drink the Tea, the Agatha Christie podcast where Zach lies about eating tuna. I'm Josh. <laughs> I'm Zach. I'm Charlotte. And we have a special guest today. It's Phoebe. Hello. <laughs> Woohoo! Hi, Phoebe. Um, I love listening to that story just now. It was like being behind the scenes of the <laughs> podcast. I'm used to just hearing your voices and to see your lovely faces while you did. I mean, that was just, I can go now, I think. Well, wait, it was great having you. <laughs> you can stay a little longer, please. You know, I'll see you guys later. That was great. Thanks. Love you guys. 
You know, you wouldn't be the first. It's true that you wouldn't be the first guest star to storm out of the podcast. We've had that before. It's a bit of an exaggeration. It, she left right in the middle, and man, was she mad that she ever came. Really? But, you know. Uh, yeah. Remember uh, Ivy? She didn't leave in the middle. Yes, she did. She left in between the two episodes. I would call that the middle. (laughs) I told you, it's a bit of an exaggeration. So, Phoebe, with the guest stars that we have, sometimes sometimes they're fans, sometimes it it feels more like they're enemies, sometimes they listen to a few episodes. (laughs) Have you ever listened to the podcast, or do you Um, view yourself as our enemies? I had attempted to listen to every single one. Um, Nice. I'm not sure that I have, but I, I, I do I do follow the podcast, definitely. I don't know anything about Agatha Christie, but I know about the Agatha Christie podcast. That's good. Some of them are unlistenable, we've heard. <laughs> Never. They're all perfect. Oh, wow. Aw, isn't that well, nice? Well, at least we know I she can lie. I think, I think this podcast is, is kind of like, you know, when you've got a whole bunch of ants in your house and you've killed, like, you know 13 14 and you think you've got them all and then there's just like one or two that always come crawling out of the woodwork that's that's the episodes of the podcast you're like i've listened to them all i've got it i've caught up and then this one (laughs) creeps up and like what where did that one come from and and you're angry but you listen (laughs) it's very useful i i use the podcast to avoid talking to my office mate so I just pause and put the podcast on, and then I don't have to have any real social interaction. I can right. listen to people interact. So and you don't punish them by making them listen to it too. I use I use the headphones. I gotta keep it to myself. That yeah, this is not safe for work. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that that's it, great that we've. I think we've fulfilled like the the highest achievement you ever could. If if, if we're helping Phoebe not talk to real people that i cannot yeah. think of a higher compliment lives. that's one of my favorite things is not interacting with people it is Glad we <laughs> and now you're forced to interact with the people that made you <laughs> that helped you not interact with others so this is kind of like a i hope it doesn't ruin it yeah i hope it doesn't ruin it for you now <laughs> it just adds irony to it it's great it's even better yeah <laughs> we're nothing if not ironic <laughs> So you said uh, you didn't know anything about Agatha Christie, so you'd never read anything before this? No, totally uninitiated. Nice. Never seen a movie? No, it's not. This is not the type of thing I would generally be interested in. Gotcha. So it'll be interesting to hear your viewpoints on it. Nice. So before we get into the book, I just wanted to uh, say that Don't Drink the Tea has been getting a lot of buzz lately. Uh, We now have a... What do you call it? I'm a youth. It makes it sound like the podcast has been drinking. It it got buzzed the other day. (laughs) Yeah. Got pulled over. Uh, We have a, what is it? It's not voicemail. That's answering machine. Yeah. Uh, Has been like, it's stacked with messages that we need to clear up. So Zach, could you uh, play the clips of what we have for our messages? Yeah. Yeah. No no problem. On On the company answering machine. Right, that we have. Yeah. Yeah, we need these cleared up. Well, I gotta check my YouTube recommendations. <laughs> if you start watching a tutorial on how to whittle, I swear. Again. Josh, you've disabled screen sharing. 
Oh, I'm sorry. I don't mean to do that. What is wrong with you? <laughs> okay, wait. We had this argument last time. How do I do it? I don't know. Make me a co-host. I don't know if I want to give you that much power. I am so tired of being Okay, I made you full Why'd host. Why would you make me full host? You didn't want to give me the power of co-hosting. It's, it's, all, power, it's all power or none. Oh, I can stop the recording now. So don't leave. Okay. Mine still says recording. Yeah, yeah give it back to me when, when you're done, maybe. Why didn't you just make me co-host? I tried and it made you host. Hold on. Make me back and then I'll make you co-host. Oh my gosh. We'll get it in post. Leave a blank spot here. Uh, make host. Yes. Okay. Now I click on Zach's name. I don't have an option to make you co-host. That's why I made you host. It only says make host. It might be under participants. Try that. That's what I'm on. You're under the participants page? Yeah. Why aren't you? <laughs> I'd like to say I this think... is peak behind the magic, Phoebe, but we usually leave this stuff in. So. I was going to say, this is like this is you think just, oh okay there's got to be some stuff that we don't should, hear it's like no it's so raw it's all left in you can also just put participant say. screen sharing back up i did it go for it buddy. oh beautiful <laughs> See, here we go good. everybody be quiet oh i didn't i didn't share the uh, audio hold on <laughs> Everybody be quiet for this <laughs> silence. Okay. It was everybody, a great picture to be quiet for. Too? Here we go. Be quiet for real. Hey, kids. It's me, Danny Shabalom. Just, just trying to reach you. Give me a call back. Bye. Hey, kids. It's me, Danny Shabalom again, your agent. Uh, just call in about... I, I took... Some of your numbers from the last episode, and uh, I, I ran them, and uh, things are looking pretty good. Things are looking pretty good. I'm saying we might have um, some room in the budget for maybe some, you know, a bodyguard or two. You know, I have a feeling somebody might want to take a hit out of Zach's life sooner or later. The way he talks on the podcast, so give me a call back. Let me know. Uh, I'm in my car right now. I'm driving the subway. I'm going to get myself a spicy Italian. So just, just let me know, okay? Hey, it's me, Danny Shabom, your agent again. I'm, I'm in the... Oh, oh. My root beer just spilled effort. I'll call you back. Nice. Hey, kids, it's me, uh, Danny Shabom, your agent. Uh, bad news. Is there more? Uh, I'm behind an accident here. Uh, somebody just rear-ended the car right in front of me. So uh, I'm going to be a little late to the recording. Please get a start without me. Again, Danny Shabom, your agent. Working hard, even in track. Thank, thank you. Hey, kids, it's me, Danny Shabom, your agent. Just calling right back. Uh, if you could spot me, 8.95. I'm trying to get a spicy Italian and some red, red salsa sun chips over here at the subway. Uh... They're, they're not taking my card. Uh, you could send me eight. Okay, I got some bad news. Uh, I ran your numbers a second time, and the amount that I got was different than the first time and quite bad. Uh, I should put it out there, though, that I work on a solar-powered calculator, and I live in a basement. So just give me a call back. 
you know my number, right? This is Danny Shape. I'm your agent. Sheila, it's Danny. Uh, I just want to say I had a really good time the other night, but, uh, you know, I don't know if my calls are getting through. You haven't called me back yet. I want to put it out there that uh, I, I just got so used to the smell of my van, no one told me it smelled like toothpaste. I didn't know. I can change that. I can get one of those air freshener trees. Give me a second chance, Sheila. Get, I got a big job. I'm an agent for this stupid podcast that makes tons of money. So now I'm praying till the end of time to hurry up and arrive. Because if I got to spend another minute with you, I don't think that I could really survive. I never break my promise or forgive my vow. But God only knows what I could do right now. I'm praying for the end of time. That's all that I can do. Praying for the end of time so I can end my time with you. Hey, kids, I'm not sure I'm going to make it to the recording of the podcast this week. My dog ate my keys again. So, anyway, give me a call back. Maybe I can zoom over. Uh, you know, That's our agent. Wow. We just hired uh, Mr. Shabom. Um, <laughs> looks like I, I don't know where the I don't know where the phone is to get his call. So I just get his, see his number. Yeah, it sounds like you just don't pick up because yes, we'll go straight to voicemail every single time. <laughs> I'd like I'd like a text, honestly. I, I gave was, him my number to text. Here's the thing. I'd spot him the eight twenty five for a spicy Italian. I would. I would I mean, too. But I would. I feel you know that's a noble cause. If it, you do it, then he's going to ask for money for the the rear end, money for the the no <laughs> stop, <laughs> not the car rear end. Not there was some room. interesting um, background noise, like it, it sounded like his blinker or something at one point. Yeah, he was in the car. He was in his the car. car. Yeah, he was in the subway. Gives us a spicy Italian. Where'd you reds. find this guy? Craigslist. Oh. What's his name? Dan Shabom? Danny Shabom. Danny He's Shabom. supposed to be the best. He used to be a stamp collector. I hope things work out for him and Sheila, but so I don't know. It's not I hope he gets hired as one of Meatloaf's backup singers. <laughs> He's doing a pretty good job. <laughs> Meatloaf hiring again? Yeah, he put out an ad on Craigslist, too. I thought about that. Sound, that sounds our, right. I thought about meatloaf for our agent, but <sighs> Danny Shabon was cheaper. Anyway, <laughs> so uh, moving on from that, the book that we read this time was Cards on the Table. So and this is you said we. Yeah, multiple people have read it. That's exciting. <laughs> You've read it, right? I have. So, and you've read it, Phoebe. I did read this. And I read it as well. Zach? Yes. <laughs> did you read it? What is reading? Right. <laughs> okay. Did you I'm watch the sure movie? If... 
No, we weren't. What is watch it. cinema? <laughs> what is movie? <laughs> what is movie? <laughs> Danny told me he was gonna pick it up for him, and I'm not sure he did. I think he got caught up trying to find the blockbuster. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was just gonna make that joke. <laughs> <laughs> he would, yeah, try to rent it on like a VHS. <laughs> I can't find anywhere that has VHS anymore. <laughs> so, this book was actually the second Christie book that I ever read. Uh, Murder of Roger Ackroyd was the first, and then this one was the second. I just randomly picked one from Charlotte's collection. I picked it up and said, is this one good? And she said, yeah. And then I, I took this one. So at least you thought it was good back then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, that was going to be my first question. Like, what do you think of it as a first read? Like, it, it's not one of the even top five, I would say, of like what people recommend is, oh, this is your first Christie. You should definitely read this one first. But yeah. I think that's pretty cool for you, Phoebe, that, that you got to read that one first. And I'm interested right. to hear what you thought yeah. of it. I did. I mean, Charlotte gave me a choice of a couple of books. And so I kind of briefly looked at the plot and I really went into the setting of the, of the whole thing. I guess we'll talk about that later. But yeah. I did really enjoy, I enjoyed the plot. I was not too crazy about the characters, but all in all, I did I did think it was good. I enjoyed reading it. Nice. Very interesting. And so the pre- why don't you give us the premise then, Phoebe, since it hooked you? Okay, so it starts with uh, Mr. Shaitana, who's kind of like a garden variety eccentric. He's super rich, uh, vaguely menacing. He kind of freaks people out, but they like his parties. And he really likes to show off his collections. So he sets up this party of, he knows four people that he thinks have gotten away with murder in the past. So he has a party with these four criminals and then these four sleuth detective investigator types. Um, And then the four criminals don't realize that they're part of his collection of criminals. And so each of them shows up at this party, sees four kind of cop types, and they're a little bit on edge about that. So they have a dinner party. They start playing bridge. The four detective types are in one room. The four criminal types are in another room. And Mr. Shaitana kind of goes between each room until he's not going between each room anymore. (laughs) Then they find him dead in the room where the four criminals were playing bridge. And then they have to figure out, of course, which of those four people who have gotten away with murder in the past committed this murder this evening. Right. Now, that, is eerily, wow. that is eerily similar to a the uh, plot to a Ned's Declassified episode where Cookie is trying to date two girls at the same dance. <laughs> no, and he, he's trying to run back and forth. <laughs> I am all with you on this. Declassified. The only similarity is that the guy goes between two rooms. <laughs> eerily similar. It's eerily, eerily similar, Josh. <laughs> Good grief. Okay, so uh, I just want to say, it. Phoebe, that was perfect, and like mm-hmm. you should replace me in the podcast. Like you guys don't need me anymore. You've got Phoebe. Charlotte, I'm out. Here today, it's a little bit awkward, but I am going to be replacing you, so you can just. I can feel it. (laughs) Never, I never could. (laughs) I will accept that graciously. I, you, it, it would be okay. Some people, I would fight it, but you know, with you, yeah, I know, I know when I'm out. (laughs) That's, That's sweet. 
Uh, so before it gets even to that plot, I guess everybody has, because some editions are different, everybody has the forward by the author, right? Did you guys both have that? I did. I, mm -hmm. I like that a lot where she talked about um, the least likely person in the book or the outsider is in most mystery books, nine times out of 10 is the murderer. And she says, uh, this is not that kind of book. Like put it down if that's what you're expecting because it's about four characters who are equal, had equal opportunity, equal suspicion, is not going to be some guy popping up at then. It is just these four characters. And of course, of all the books that we've read so far, this has the smallest cast of suspects. Usually it's like 10 or, you know, around 10 to 12, I would say. And this one is just the four characters. Mm -hmm. I really like the balance of the four suspects and then the four investigators. So I'm glad I didn't have, it was too many characters for me to keep track of already. So I'm glad there weren't more. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I really like the limit to four characters. I feel like this is what Christy was born to do. Was I mean, not that her big characters aren't like the Orient Express cast and the Death on the Nile cast. Not that those aren't great characters. But when she has time to focus on a small cast, like in Cards on the Table, or like one extra in Five Little Pigs, where she has five, obviously, she gets a lot of time to flesh them out and to make sure that you at one time or another definitely think it's one of everybody at one time or another you're like oh yeah it's them oh wait no it's them oh wait no it's them and that's what she wanted to do right like she said this was this was she said it was Poirot's favorite case and yeah so obviously it was a storyline that she really liked and um did she bring it up what was it in ABC murders yeah it was because we talked yeah. about that she she teased the plot in the book Mm -hmm. And said, you know, oh, I, that that to me would be like the ultimate murder, and then it, and then, and then it, happens. it happens. Yeah, they created it. Yeah, right. And uh, I mean, oh yeah, I forgot to say we are going out of order here. This the next book after ABC was Murder in Mesopotamia. We were doing that next. We did Cards on the Table first, just switching it up a little bit. But just one book in between her teasing it and then writing Cards on the Table, and I think just in reading this book, you can tell that she loved this project, that this was her, like, passion project was this book. Yeah. Um, Charlotte, why don't you talk about the uh, the Big Four? Not the Big Four, the book she wrote. I <laughs> forgot she wrote a book called The Big Four, and that one stinks. Why don't you talk about <laughs> The Four Suspects? <laughs> the Four Suspects? Okay. Yeah. I thought you were going to say The Four detective so my brain went in the wrong direction oh you could do them too uh now i'm totally lost um oh, okay cool. so yeah, so the four the four detectives were of course poirot and then another one of her original creations that you will see a lot in the christy verse which is ariadne oliver we talked and about her last time a little bit yeah mm -hmm. and then there is uh colonel race who is was like a in the secret service i guess they don't say a lot about him they just kind of throw was it out he, there a little bit was he correct me if i'm wrong he was in man in the brown suit wasn't he i can't remember he i feel like he was in I feel one like he had a, another uh, appearance yes because yeah. the other one is battle Sup is it superintendent yes yeah, superintendent mm -hmm. battle of scotland yard he's been in her stuff before yeah chimneys and uh, chimneys and was it Seven Hazelmore? I can't remember. I know he was in that, Chimneys but... though, because I, I like anyway, his character he's, a lot. He's a very good character. Yeah, mm -hmm. 
Yeah. How everybody thinks he's stupid when they see him. <laughs> everybody just talks about me. He, look, he looks like an awfully stupid man. <laughs> <laughs> and then Colonel like Race, I think, is a really good character. And I like that she deliberately tells you so little about him. Mm-hmm. Just very, very teasing. And he's in other stuff as well. Because he comes back. Death on the Nile. Death on the Nile. Yeah. Yeah. He's big. Okay. But he's kind of like he's kind of like the the Zach of the group. I feel like like you know very little stupid. about him, but it's very intriguing. No, 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 not the stupid one. <laughs> I'm I'm the stupid Obviously. one. You're Ariadne Oliver, or you think you're I, Poirot? I'm definitely not Poirot. I, I've got to be Ariadne Oliver. Never ever happy. Always a mess. Forgetting things. Yeah, that's yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> okay. Uh, Phoebe, why don't you say the four suspects then? Uh, let's see if I can remember who they are. There is Miss Meredith, who is um, just, they pretty much drill it in that she's timid. That's her whole thing. She's shy, she's timid. The way she plays bridge, the way she goes about her life. Um, who else is there? Meredith. See, I can't keep track of all the characters. That's part of the... <laughs> the doctor. Then there was Major Despard, um, who, you know, military guy. I don't remember that much about him, actually, either. I don't think he was one of the more interesting ones. There was Dr. Roberts. um, And then the last one was Miss Lorimer, who was, she kind of reminds me of what I think of um, Miss Peacock from, (laughs) that's what I imagine her in my mind, from Clue. (laughs) just like older she's super into playing bridge and that's basically the only thing that she cares about even when she gets asked about the crime later she's like i don't really remember i don't really remember what the house looked like but she remembered every single card that was played in yeah. <laughs> right you could definitely be mrs peacock yep i guess i like that you mentioned uh how miss meredith is the talk about playing cards timidly because this case for poirot there are absolutely no clues like all the cases have some clues at the beginning. There are none. All that he has to go on is the psychology of the four characters. And what he focuses on, which is why everybody thinks he's gone insane, is uh, how the people played uh, bridge. Like he does a little bit of like, what did they notice around the house? But mostly he focuses on what is their style of playing cards? This reveals more about a person than anything else. I feel like Bridge, the game of Bridge, was a character in the book. They read it so much. There was so much Bridge-specific terminology that I had to look up to even understand the plot of the novel. Yeah, I feel like I'm missing out for the things I don't know about Bridge. Is the game that I thought was most similar that I know about was Euchre. Would you agree with that, Charlotte? Like, they're kind of similar in, like, the dummy kind of thing and the and the bids all that telling myself yeah that was the only thing that i could relate it to without i I wasn't nearly as dedicated as phoebe and like go looking stuff up um but yeah that was i think it's definitely more complicated than euchre definitely there's more steps and more complex play but at least it gave me yeah something to compare it to like oh okay i could understand like because you've got the four you've got four sets of people and you move around and you have a partner and you cannot play your hand but you can give it to your partner and so so on and so forth and is zach sitting in the dark uh not for long (laughs) (laughs) looks like a really dark room (laughs) just his face well hold on one second while i get everything Everything ready. There we go. That's is that better? Is that a little better? 
it, it's it's fine if you want to sit in the dark. I just wondered if you were. That's all. I think you're fine. Did okay, Phoebe? Did you? What is exactly, if you know from looking it up, what dummy? <laughs> there's now there Zach. I'm, I'm playing bridge now. <laughs> yeah. That's what the problem is. <laughs> I was wondering, like, why is he being so weird about it? Like, it will be in a minute. <laughs> Blame Bridge. Oh, I hope you're having a good time down there. Uh, <laughs> the San Francisco Bridge. Visual gags are great for this podcast. You know, I realized, I didn't, I forgot that they had this as a preset, and I went and downloaded a picture of a bridge, which was what took me so long. <laughs> and this one was easier? Yeah, it was right there, so. Okay. Uh, do you know what it means when they're dummy in Bridge? Phoebe? Yes, that's one of the things I had to look up. And if you don't understand that, then I think you won't get what's happening. But basically, whoever wins the bid, it seems like there's two sets of partners. Whoever wins the bid plays, but they're, they also play their partner's hand. So yeah. if you're dummy, then you can just kind of get up and show. Another bridge. <laughs> this does nothing for our audience. <laughs> It does everything for me, though. <laughs> okay. That makes sense because they, whenever people did get up when they were dummy is when the time that they could have committed the crime. So there's a lot of talking about them. Being, and I eventually I realized that dummy had to mean that they weren't just stupid, that they got up from the table. But that clears it up a little bit. It'd be a really uh, harsh game if, like, you know, you just take mm-hmm. turns, like, telling someone how stupid they are. <laughs> Yeah. Or you get to be the dummy this hand. Um, so, let's see. I'm trying to figure, think of what happens next in the book that's important to say. Um, they, they, uh, they break up, like, after the murder, which uh, Phoebe touched on, was the host himself. Um, after that, they, they go between, you know, interviewing all of the suspects. And, but like you said, there's very few clues, so there's not much for them to go on. And mm-hmm. so it's all focused on the re- the rest of the detectives kind of focus on the, the past and trying to find, okay, is it really true that all of these people got away with murder? Yeah. And uh, I like how they had kind of each of the four detectives kind of like followed one person in particular, like Battle Jump from, but Ari- Ariadne Oliver kind of uh, singled out Miss Meredith which made Miss uh, Meredith very, and Meredith, which made her very like uncomfortable, all of these questions Ariane Oliver asked because she kept saying like, okay, we need to band together to, because she kept saying it was the doctor. So like, let's band together, let's stick together and we can find out some stuff on the doctor. And and Meredith was always like super timid, like, I don't want to talk about it. We don't need to figure out who did it. It's fine. And her roommate was Rhoda Dawes, who appears in a later book. Uh, and she really? was like, yeah, um, <clears throat> not to spoil, but Rhoda and uh, Major Despard appear in a later book, The Pale Horse. Wow. I, a, my mind is blown. That's a subtle one. And uh, a fun fact about that is Christy forgot Major Despard's first name and changes it in the second book, but it's the same character. Like, he talks about it. And they're married in the second book. That's, that's The Pale Horse, which is like that's like 40 years later. That's a 60s book, which is crazy that she brought those back. I, I know I've read that. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll get to huh. it. Oh, get yeah, okay, there. okay. Now I'm really distracted, sorry. You're, and you're, Zach has a new bridge now, which I like that one better, Zach, by the yes, way. Yes, this is the one you're I downloaded. The, you're the grumpy old troll. 
who lives under the bridge. Now he's doing a, a troll face. <laughs> this has got to be a visual podcast. It is not it's an enough. extra fancy bridge. How can you be a grumpy old troll when you have such a fancy bridge? Man, Man, you just gotta upload content. the video to YouTube after. That's true. I mean, I have the video, yeah. Yeah, man. I mean, I'm, I really dressed up for it. I know. My white shirt got a stain on it. Oh, that's a hair. Oh. <laughs> I thought well, it was a stain, too. I was saying it was hair. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. And I like also how the character, uh, the chapters are really short. Like, I feel like this book, especially after um, Death in the Clouds, it moves so quickly mm-hmm. from chapter to chapter. I, ne- I never felt like a drag for me. I did in the middle. I think it's because I found the characters kind of, I felt like they were similar to each other and I wasn't very interested in their lives. So I think in the center <laughs> section, we're focused on them interacting with each other and talking about their past and things. I, that part, I, I was not too engaged in that section of it. I feel like it should have been the crime and then maybe a little bit of the investigation because basically they recap everything later on so i would have skipped straight to the recap and then to all the yeah. twists and turns that were at the end right i liked how and the, the characters are not likable the the suspects because i kind of expected i don't know about you it's probably been a while since you read it the first time but Anne meredith in a average christie book feels like she's like the the heroine like she is the good girl and she like helps Poirot. And in this, she wasn't that at all. She was another one mm-hmm. of the like the characters that all, even before you knew for sure that they were murderers, they were all bad. They were all bad mm-hmm. people. That's true. Uh, and yeah. I, you I, I, really I, that made it more interesting for me. What? I just said that made it more interesting for me. Yeah, um, I, I don't think you were supposed to have too much sympathy for any of them. Yeah. Um, and the shifting directions a little bit um because this was something i complained about in murder on the links and in the one we just did uh death in the clouds is that being too many detectives like they because there's always like there's not just one inspector there's like usually like the inspector his assistant and then his assistant's assistant and then Mm -hmm. you don't get to know them and you don't know why they're there and i always forget about them but the the four the four sleuths in this book all had their own thing going on and they all kind of worked well together i thought again like colonel race like she deliberately didn't do much with him because he's supposed to be a mysterious figure but there wasn't like a lot of competition like there usually is like Poirot wasn't fighting with anybody they were all kind of getting along and i I like that yeah uh i also like the the last like after the investigation, like the last maybe third of the book is such a roller coaster. Of Things emotion. get crazy. Yeah. Yes. It gets insane. And I don't think for a while she does that a lot more after this book. But before this, she, you know, it was just kind of like, eh, maybe another dead body dropped, maybe one fake out, and then the twist. But she does like three or four fake outs. And with four suspects, she kills more people than I ever thought she could have. <laughs> <laughs> Are we true in the end? They really started dropping like flies at the end. So quick. Are we should we talk about uh the ending? Should we spoil it? Um, I I, I think y- you can, yeah, because yeah. she kind of does that at the beginning, like in the forward. So, yeah, let's call uh, we can call spoilers. So, Mrs. Lorimer uh calls, and this is where it gets cr- crazy, and I really love this section. 
Mrs. Lorimer calls up Poirot and she's like, I'm cutting to the chase. There's a lot more than this, but she confesses to the crime. And Poirot's like, no, uh-uh, you did not do it because you are a kind of person who plans every single little thing out. And this murder was not planned out. It was, it was done like, you know, hastily. And she's like, I did it. Stop fighting with me. Why are you arguing with me? And he's like, he's like, didn't no, do it. I cannot be wrong. I love that argument. Yeah. He said, uh, <laughs> I'm always right that it baffles me. There's no way I'm wrong about this. And uh, she insists. And eventually you realize it's because she thinks that she saw or she says she saw Miss Meredith do it. She saw her reach down, stab him and lift back up, look up guilt, uh, like she's guilty and come back to the table. And uh, Poirot leaves, he sees uh, someone like Miss Meredith going up and then Mrs. Lorimer is dead the next morning. Mm -hmm. Suicide. And you think, oh, okay, Miss Meredith did it. Yeah, and then the next twist is, I don't want to get this one wrong. Phoebe, you want to do the next one? Um, let's see if I can remember. Is this the part where Miss Meredith, where they're kind of following her trail? So yeah. um, after Miss Lorimer dies, everyone gets a letter that's basically like, I did this to myself, uh, like a suicide note style. They think Miss Meredith set the whole thing up, sent all the letters out, and then they're chasing after her because... Um, once all the detectives kind of come together and compare notes, they realize that Miss Meredith's roommate knows the circumstances of the past crime that Miss Meredith committed and that she's the only one. So they're thinking, okay, she's going to try and get rid of the roommate next. We got to get there and save her. So um, when they run out, she is trying, like she has a roommate on a boat. Neither of them can swim. They kind of see her push the roommate into the water. And then you're thinking, okay, it's definitely her. She's trying to kill everybody that knows her secret. Um, the roommate survives. Despard is there. He jumps in, saves the roommate. Miss Meredith dies. Right. She can swim, and then you realize it's not. Then I forget exactly how they unravel, but they find out that she couldn't have been the one um, to kill Miss Lorimer. So there's a next suspect that is out of the running. Right. And then it comes down to everybody all along has been saying from the beginning it has to be the doctor, and it really was the doctor the whole time. And it's because of how his scores are uh, with Bridge. He always like overbet, and he he did things in the spur of the moment. That's a, yeah, that's exactly how the murder was. It was like uh, a lucky chance that he that he could get it right. Zach's leaving, but he'll be back. <laughs> He's just a bridge now. We have a nice bridge uh, in 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 his place. <laughs> so, what did you think about the twist, Phoebe? I loved it because. It, I was thinking this would be more like something that you could figure out along with the detectives, that all the clues were there. You just had to be able to, as the reader, piece them together. But yeah. at the end, I realized it's not like that. It's just a story that you kind of have to ride along with it. So as everything was happening, well, when Miss Lorimer confessed, I was like, there's 50 pages left. So I don't think she really did it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> that one didn't get me, but then the next one, when they were um, saying it was Anne Meredith, I was like, oh, obviously it's her. It's all coming together. It's definitely for sure. And then it was not at all. So I definitely enjoyed kind of going along for the ride, and I enjoyed the the bit of, of getting tricked, because I thought, all the clues are here. I just got to piece them together. I'll figure out who it was, and I did not. I didn't. I couldn't. Right. 
I I love that about it too because it uh, she did the same kind of plot device in uh, Mysterious Affair at Styles and uh, Murder at the Vicarage, where the most obvious person, you know, is the murderer. But I think she did something with it here that it was that was like so much more clever than the other two because it, he is the most obvious choice, and then she makes you suspect everybody else convinces you that it's that everyone else right one after the other that you're so exhausted by the time it finally is him and you're like the whole time it was like first guy <laughs> i also kind of like because I, I like the character of ariadne oliver in there that was like kind of a meta character because she's a mystery writer right she would talk about her readers and you kind of feel like as the reader of a mystery novel, she's talking about you. So she's like the whole Agatha Christie avatar inside right. the you know, universe of the novel. But in the very beginning, I kind of picked up on that a little bit. And the first thing that Ariadne Oliver says right after the crime is, oh, it's the doctor. It's got to be the doctor. And I was like, oh, wouldn't it be funny if her representation in the novel just <laughs> called it out right at the beginning? And she did. So even though I didn't, stick with that uh, i uh went along <laughs> the i should have just stuck with my very first gut reaction i was like i bet you she just revealed the whole right. beginning i think that's what she's so good at like it's not one of those like she said at the beginning it's not a book where you'll be like oh i never thought of that character she convinces you of it and then she's like okay you're gonna it's gonna feel more satisfying later because you knew that this was the answer but i changed your mind two or three times mm-hmm she does, and I wanted to say uh, about Ariane Oliver how she talks about how insane the plots of her books are, how ridiculously stupid they are, how <laughs> like completely the opposite of this book is, how simple the plot is, how like you mm -hmm. can you sum it up so quickly. Uh, and, and she her, hates her detective that she's created. Right. But I wanted to tell Zach that one of the plots that they talk about Ariane Oliver writing was that she says that because you wrote this too you ripped her off and you didn't even know it where all of all of the police officers were somehow shot instantaneously <laughs> that in yeah. zach's first work that's a zach original marcus's adventure the entire canadian police force the lights go off there's one gunshot the lights come on all of the canadian police officers are dead but the gun shot the coroner in the leg <laughs> <laughs> it was the greatest thing I've ever heard. I can't believe she ripped you off like that. Oh, good old Marcus is an <laughs> I also liked how uh, Ariane Oliver, there was a, in the section that I was kind of a little bit bored by, she was talking to Rhoda Dawes, and Rhoda's like, oh, you're a writer, that's so exciting. And Ariane Oliver's like, not really, like, it's a job. <laughs> I don't do it because I enjoy it. I got to pump these novels out so that I can, you know, earn a living. I don't do it for fun. And I like that because I wasn't particularly enjoying that section of the book. And I feel like Agatha Christie was like, whether you enjoy it or not, I still got paid. So <laughs> yeah. no, like, I, I can respect that. I can respect yeah. that. <laughs> so, that yeah. Was, that was <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was my thought. Like, I wondered, okay, is Ariadne Oliver, does Christy feel like, okay, this is, this is me, this is who I am, or this is what I would like to be, or this is how other people see me. And um, on her website, on Agatha Christie's website, it called her, uh, her alter ego. And mm -hmm. it was the voice that she used to express her, like, her issues with the whole 
book writing scene, like with the publishing companies and with all of the issues she had because she was a woman, like she kind of Ariadne Oliver was kind of like her, um, her sassy side that she got to just be like, I don't care what anybody thinks. Right. Cause she was <laughs> yeah, never, that makes it really fun. Right. Cause she was in real life. She was so reserved and she wasn't like this outspoken femi feminist at all. Like Ariadne Oliver is that all comes across in her writing, but she wasn't loud. And like the way Ariadne Oliver is, I think that was a, a piece of her that went all into the character. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so, uh, everything she wanted you to know about her life, she yeah. just put it right through the Oliver character. Right. I like that and character a lot. Bridging into that, uh, right. the the woman who, the actress who portrayed her in the show. Oh, yeah. uh, so what, had, did you get to, did you watch it, Phoebe? Did you watch the film version? I watched a little, I watched the beginning of it. I didn't make it through the whole thing. Okay. I watched it uh, right before. And Zach, you didn't get to watch it because Danny Shawam no. couldn't find the blockbuster. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he was supposed okay. to drop it off, but. Danny, oh man. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So, uh, what do you, Josh, what do you think of the actress who portrayed Ariadne Oliver? I think that they could not possibly have, I don't read the books without seeing her. I don't think yeah. they could have got anyone better. Zach, for reference, it is the same woman who plays, and this is a terrible reference, the same woman who plays Lady Cassandra in uh, Doctor Who, the skin flab. <laughs> okay. Black human. Remember her, Charlotte? Yeah, that, really? That, that was Zoe Wanamaker? Because they have an episode later on where she is in her, they go to the past and it's her as a, as a oh. human. It's the same woman, just with a lot longer hair, but. Oh, I totally forgot about that. He's, oh, wow. He does the character so great. I, I don't know if you uh -huh. agree because you asked me. I think she does it perfectly. No, I, yeah, she's absolutely perfect. I, like you said, can't imagine anyone else playing that character. And it was fun. I liked the interactions in the movie more so because you don't get it so much in the book, but the interactions between Zoe Wanamaker and, and David Suchet yeah. were so fun because, like, she she's he's looking at something you know he's studying the bridge scores and she's in his apartment and she's like you've rearranged and he's like <laughs> i moved she's like i knew something was different and they're so opposite yeah but just they they interact so well and i think as as actors though that they were enjoying themselves and that they did yeah really, they did just such a good job yeah. I don't recommend the film version for you know some reasons that I know we we have to talk about that, but um, yeah, about to the, the characters like the the actors were great. Yeah, mo I I liked a lot of the performances in it. The mm -hmm. problem with the movie is the book. What I love so much about the book is how simple and straightforward it is. Even like how we talked about with Doctor Roberts being the murderer. This book is so like artfully simple it doesn't comp it's not overly complicated it's just it's just so straightforward but in the movie they changed a lot of things because i feel like the writers that had to make it do a screenplay didn't quite understand that like they didn't think it packed enough punch like not enough twists so the things that they change in the movie they don't kill off mrs Lorimer. she does not commit suicide and uh they and then, in a totally weird and completely pointless exercise Rhoda tries to drown Miss Meredith instead of right. the other way around for no reason whatsoever it makes no sense 
And they give they give the doctor a different motive than than he has in the book. All of the things that they change. And again, like I said last time, I'm not a for ABC murders. I'm not a Christie purist. I understand that they have to change things. Some things just don't work on the screen. But none of the changes added to the story. They all kind of and that last bit of the book is such a roller coaster. It would have made for such good television because the people that I liked every actor that they got to play the, those, they did, all did a good job in my opinion. And mm -hmm. if they just would have stuck to the plot, instead they felt like they were like, oh, we have to add more twists to this already really twisty book. Right. And then um, they didn't have, it wasn't Superintendent Battle and Colonel Race. It was just two random guys who yeah, were a little kind of flat characters you couldn't really tell them apart yeah and that, that's what i wanted to talk about this book being different than the average mystery book i bet you any other mystery writer any other mystery writer would have made it one of the four detectives that is the cheap ending one of the four mm -hmm. detectives did it and then you don't it's the outsider like she said in the forward it's not she even tried to tell people don't suspect what because when i read it as a kid i was like oh yeah it's like it's one of the detectives that's the twist but she tries to tell us <laughs> don't it's not that way but any other mystery writer would have made that. And in the movie, one of the detectives comes under suspicion near the end to throw in another twist. And it and does it didn't not work. It no. didn't work at all. So the movie looks really pretty. Uh, the victim, yes. isn't the victim the same actor that plays uh, Dr. Bashir? Is that his name? Is it the yes. same actor? In Ale Deep Space yes. Nine. Uh-huh, yeah. Alexander uh, Siddig, and um, I love yeah. him as an In actor. In a very hammy performance, but very good. It was, yeah, it was, uh, well, what did, Phoebe, what did you say earlier? What did you call him? Uh, oh, he didn't oh, say uh, typical. Daytona? Yeah, he's a what? Yeah. Eccentric. Yes. Yeah, you're typical. Imagine that, yeah. but like. Yeah, typical eccentric, yeah. Yeah, he was like a, he like took it up to 11 on the eccentric <laughs> acting. But he... It, it was it worked for the character though he had to like that was yeah. his character was to overplay it but his conversations with Poirot I thought were pretty artful like mm -hmm. they they did a good job with it even though he was supposed to be kind of over the top it that that's I mean, right. Alexander Siddig does that in his acting anyway because Bashir was like that the first couple seasons of yeah. Space Nine it was like I, I love him as an actor and I hated Julian Bashir so much until you found out like his big plot twist about like where his background came from. And then, and then he got to be like, he, he's like, you did stop trying to be normal. He's like, you know what? This is just, now I'm, I'm going to go gonna all act. in. I'm going to act for you now. <laughs> exactly. And then, and then he was great. Like you, you loved him. And of course, I mean, there's the whole episode where he was James Bond. Like, right. You gotta, it's a little gotta love fantasy. Him. Yeah. Gotta love this year. Um, Okay, so final rankings, cards on the table. What what would be, how would you wrap up your review in a bow, Phoebe, being it your first? Um, well, it's definitely number one out of all of the uh, <laughs> You don't need to rank it like with others. But <laughs> it's also the worst that you've read now, I guess. That's true. That's true. I really enjoyed the plot of this more than I thought that I would. Um, so, I mean, I would, I can't give it in comparison to anything else that she's done, but um, I would recommend it. I know you said it's not recommended as a first read, but as this was my first read, I would say it's a good one for people to get started on. I would too. I'm not 
sure why I always forget it when people ask me for their first. It just kind of slips my mind. And I think it's not as uh, people don't talk about it as much. It's definitely underrated. Yeah, I agree. How about you, Charlotte? I think it's really strong. I loved it when I read it, you know, I don't know, 15 years ago. Um, I read it again and, and was not disappointed. I think I enjoyed it even more. Um, I, yeah, I like, I like the, all the stuff we talked about, the unique things that she did and the risks that she took and just another point in her favor of just what a talented writer she was. Um, and it doesn't, it doesn't have a a lot of the flaws that we've nitpicked the other things that she's done. So I, I, I think it's pretty strong. I, this is weird because I didn't expect to say this and I feel like it's not, I don't, I don't know if it's the place I am in my life right now. I don't know. But this, <laughs> this book, it's a weird way to start this up. But this book it has been my favorite that we've read so far, honestly. And This like, time around up to this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, because there's not a p- p- part in the whole book where I thought, I feel like this book is what makes me want to write mystery books. Because you can't, you cannot replicate Orient Express. You cannot replicate Roger Ackroyd, which are very close to the top. But this one, she just, how, just, just so simple and so beautiful. And gosh, how can you? And inspiring. Do that? Like, I, I, yeah. I could do that. Yeah, I could do yeah, that. It's so, it's, it, all, everything is overcomplicated. Everything in the world when compared to this book. And this book is still, it, I don't know. I loved it. It was, five stars for me i don't feel like it should be number one because i'm the only one who feels that way i don't think i used to think this was my favorite but going through it i was like man i forgot how awesome this book is i think it's awesome <laughs> i think it's awesome five stars how many stars do you give it um 10 stars for me 10 wow yeah. <laughs> very persuasive with my review i guess <laughs> yeah I, I, I was gone from the room for half the review. So. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully they didn't say anything bad while I was gone. <laughs> what are you Somebody think? mowing the grass outside your house again, Zach? No, my dad uh, showed up and he was like, Zach, I need your help outside. I've torn out a wall in the shed and I've almost dropped the header. And I'm like, I'm in the middle of podcast. And he's like, like, he's looking at me like, for what? What's the podcast? <laughs> Right, we'll like, have to you didn't tell me you were doing this. And he's like, I'll call your uncle. <laughs> yeah, he didn't. It's not like he was there at our live show that we did for this podcast. Okay. How many stars, Charlotte? We'll, we'll try to keep it quick so you can tear out another wall. I don't think I have to help with that. <laughs> <laughs> was it an accident or was he deliberately doing it and it just got oh, oh, like out of control? That's a good question. That I do not know the answer to. He probably wants you to come out and play hole in the wall, where you have to do the like the position, and then the wall comes sliding towards you. Well, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be playing a combination of hole in the wall and cornhole. <laughs> okay. So I have to try to make it in while also in the position of hole in the wall. It's called okay, cornhole well, in the wall. If anyone can do it, you can. Thank you. <laughs> so I don't. I don't remember what we gave ABC Murders, and I still number two the whole, uh, Okay, it, I still hold a very special place, and I think I think this one is pretty close, but just like a tiny bit below it. You would give it three. For, just just for like, mm, I don't know what to say. I like what you said about you know the simplicity of it and everything, but it's a little 
atypical. It's a little offbeat. And so, and that's, I think that's the reason why you gave it such a high mark, but the reason that I'm like, ah, still different people got to be like a little bit under ABC murders just for me, but I'm not, I'm not going to be angry. Yeah. It has no, I'm still going to be in the top five. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, better than Orient Express because that would be number four. Yes. I agree. I, I can be happy yes. with that. I will. I can put a footnote there and say I would have put it at number two, but number three is good. It can be tied for, for yeah, second, it honestly. Tied. It can be tied. That'll, but that will change. I, this has been my favorite yeah. so far, but there are like two or three that come after this that I will probably say. There'll probably be unexpected ones where I'll go, I forgot this rocked. <laughs> okay. So uh, next on our list, uh, Zach, I yes. heard something in the news the other day. What'd you hear? That kind of shocked me. You are starting a different podcast? Yeah. Not Hot Top Album Reviews, because that's the one that the, the U.S. government has actually shut down with guns. <laughs> <laughs> they showed about the hot tub and drained it. I mean, it is so not happening. But you started one on your own, like without any of us? Well, we t- we talked about it last last time. Oh, I wish we could hear it. Yeah. Well, you know, I've actually got a sneak peek oh. right here. Okay. For everybody to enjoy. All right. Go, throw it on the screen. Yeah, man. Yeah. Just give me one like one second, man. Oh, sorry, I just started. Hold on. Wrapped up in my heart Will take me through the lonely night Through the cold of the day And I know, I know Kevin can wait And the gods come down here Just to sing for me Um, 
instead I'm going to be going over a, uh, the general gist of what the show is so that everybody's prepared emotionally and, and physically for the episodes to come. So this show is clearly starring Kevin James of Kevin Can Wait fame, but also formerly King of Queens, which we will not we will be speaking of briefly, but it is not the main concern of of this podcast, no. Despite the fact that uh that uh his second love interest in the show is also in King of Queens as his wife, but we won't we're not going into that. This show is about Kevin James, who is a newly retired police officer in New York City on Long Island. Great place, great place. Never been there. Um, he has daughters and sons. He just wants to have a good time, you know? Live life to the fullest. What he couldn't do was a working man. But now he he's looking at getting you know, an after-retirement job somewhere. And really, that's that's where we... That's where we pop in. I know that this is so exciting for many people. And it's exciting for me, too. In fact, I would say that I'd have to sit on my hands to keep myself from clapping. I'm so excited. But really, this is just the beginning. The the start of an adventure, of a journey of both self-discovery and self-importance. Thank you all for listening to the pre-episode of Zach Can't Wait for Kevin Can Wait. That is the greatest podcast. Man, you were so specific with those dates. I do have a question, though. Yes. Did you, as you were reading that, did you look at the actress name for who played a second love interest and couldn't pronounce it? No, I looked at it and I couldn't decide which, because it, it said her name in the show and her name oh, and in real life, name. and I couldn't figure out which one was which. So. <laughs> Okay. Well, I was like, his, uh, his second love interest. Yeah, because I, I could hear the gears turning, and I'm like, I bet he doesn't know how to pronounce her name. I just oh. couldn't decide oh. which one was it. I really look Best forward to thing ever. hearing you uh, go through the episodes. Thank you for sharing that with us. Zach. Oh, you're welcome. I gotta say that if it, were, if it wasn't for that amazing theme song, I don't think I could have. <laughs> Kevin can wait. That was that was really deep. It, it was surprisingly touching. Yeah. So you and what you, was your, your your parting line was just was was gold too. What did you say? A journey of self discovery and self importance. <laughs> Is that yourself or Kevin? Who has That's, this? It's me. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> and you and Danny Shabom, both fans of Meatloaf, evidently. Yes, gold. I noticed that. I noticed. <laughs> Man, that's nice. <laughs> Very nice. Thank you for sharing. Oh, you are more than welcome. So, Charlotte, you have a game for us? Uh, I do. It's, like not, it's not brilliant, 
but it. Hey, you've said that before, and you knocked our socks off. Zach sitting. Um, Zach sitting on his hands. <laughs> That's because of Kevin can wait. <laughs> so uh phoebe agreed to be kind of like the judge like the the voice of reason oh, for no, us be kind i don't know what i'm judging so we'll let me win please <laughs> our past mistakes i already decided on the winner though oh i hope it's me <laughs> Phoebe's like, I know I wasn't part of this game, but I've won. It's me. <laughs> I went to the judge because I wanted the power. I like, I, mean, I just like the power. So I already decided who wins. So no pressure. Just, just play. Because one of you exactly. can't. Win. That's you know, <laughs> that actually makes me feel better. Because no matter how good or bad I do, I'm either winning or I'm not. It'll be you. You're it's, gonna win. It's predetermined. <laughs> it's always you. So, yeah, so cards on the table, um, focusing on bridge and playing cards. And so just, you know, wanting to be obnoxiously different. That's the first thing your mind would go to, wouldn't it? So this game is greeting cards on the table. So I'm going to show you some incredibly stupid greeting cards. And you have to either guess slash make up what the joke is going to be on the inside. Got it. So then either, and then Phoebe will judge, okay, was your, if you, if you get it right, which is possible, I guess, but, you know, doesn't, I mean, it's not much of a stretch with these. Like, I got, like, some, the bottom of the barrel stuff. Um, okay. So if you get it, if you guess it right, that would be funny. But um, more just to, like, whatever you, your suggestion, what you make up, Phoebe's going to judge, like, who has the best, who, who wrote the best greeting card punchline. Right. No, this is going to be great. <laughs> yeah, this is going to be Josh. I'm not very good at this. <laughs> I'm going to freeze up. Danny threw me off, so. <laughs> okay, so your first one, the front of it says, I wanted to get you a really manly card, but what's it going to say on the inside? You gotta call on who for who first. Just, I mean, you guys can fight it out here. This, this I wanted to get you a really manly card, but uh... you're gonna have to to save your um to save your reputations. You're gonna have to cut out some of this dead space. I <laughs> really man, I got yeah, nothing. That's a hard one. A uh, really manly card, but. All they had was this princess birthday card. Okay. <laughs> uh, hey. I wanted to get you a really manly card, but I couldn't find any. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I couldn't find this any. This is great. I broke you guys. This is awesome. I'm so proud. <laughs> Kevin can wait threw me off. It was so deep and emotional that I don't have time for jokes. <laughs> It, it was. It was pretty it was too real. Pretty raw. I am right. too emotionally invested in my own work to even <laughs> tell a joke. <laughs> All right, Phoebe. Well, I'll tell you what it really says, and then you can decide who did the best job: Josh, Zach, or Hallmark. <laughs> or, I'm sorry, Ameri- Hallmark. American Greetings. Huh? I'm glad there's a third option. Hey. <laughs> yeah. 
you can either go with I wanted to get you a really manly card, but all they had was this princess birthday card, or I just couldn't find one, or the real one was, but they didn't have any held together with duct tape. Um, That's the punchline. <laughs> I like Josh. I think the ones that they came up with on, off the top of their heads were better than what's actually written in the card. That's uh -huh. good. Um, I'm going to go with Josh's princess card. Thank you. Definitely. Yeah. I think I only because you, on you can't capture his accent in, a, in text. I couldn't find it. <laughs> I couldn't find any. That's true. That would have just put it over the edge. That's true. And it were one. Yeah. <laughs> All right. One point for, for uh, Josh so far. Okay, so this one is a pizza on the front, and it says, I hope your special day is like a super deluxe pizza. And what's the joke on the end? What's the punchline? I'm trying to think of something like you have to take the olives off, but that this doesn't is, apply to real The only thing I can think of is covered in sausage, but that doesn't really... <laughs> what is it, sausage? This is almost as satisfying as how painful it is for you guys to eat all of the nasty food. Because I've been so, with, with coronavirus, I've been so sad. Like, we haven't done an in-person, um, an in-person recording for what, since, since a March? Time. Right. So, like... I, I this is like so sad that I can't do that the favor the favorite game and make you guys eat oh. nasty stuff. But I feel like oh, you're yeah. suffering just as much right yeah. now. <laughs> imagine how, imagine what she's gonna feed us when we can get back to real life. I'm oh yes, pay. oh yes. Yeah, I think uh, yeah the one I had was uh, you have to take the olives off. I like Zach's better. <laughs> Covered in sausage. Covered in sausage. <laughs> okay, baby, uh, you really can't get better than that. So the actual. Um, this is American Greetings too. Wow. Um, I must have been in the American Greetings section and I didn't know it. So hope your special day is like a super deluxe pizza loaded with all the good stuff. Oh. Pretty much what Zach said. No, that is not what Zach said. <laughs> said pretty that much. is wholesome. What's <laughs> 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 your verdict, Phoebe? Zach, definitely. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Oh wow, it's getting tight. You guys Clear are. Um... Oh man. <laughs> oh boy. I had an unfair advantage. I'm I had crying. pizza for lunch. <laughs> I got that one specifically for you, Zach. Yeah, Thank like you. on any given day, you would have pizza for lunch. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So this it. is the. This is the tiebreaker. So mm. here, here's here's the front, and it's a, a very happy chicken. And it said, why did the chicken cross the road? That can go, go anywhere with that. Well, the, that's, this is how much faith I have in your abilities. Why did the chicken cross the road? To he, wish you a he took it to the streets. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's good. That was way better than what was about to come out of my mouth. <laughs> I tried to think, like, what, what kind of person would like that card it would be why did the chicken cross the road to wish you a, like a happy retirement it's the only event that i could think of <laughs> someone that would appreciate that no that's the card you hand somebody when you're about to start a street fight <laughs> why did the chicken cross the road yeah and he I looks can't. at it and he's like and you pull out a switchblade i can't beat take it to the streets even though that was my idea 
You want to take it to the streets? <laughs> Me, you, and Kathy Bates. <laughs> you gonna you gonna make any attempt there, Josh? I did retirement. I I can't. I what Zach says his it throws me off. Sorry, <laughs> is it? No, that's good. You're supposed to win. I'm supposed to win. <laughs> What's this it's, it's scripted, Zach. See in the script, Zach wins. <laughs> Zach wins. Con. Zach says something funnier than Josh. Or maybe maybe Hallmark will win this one. We haven't heard the third option. Okay. Or American Express or whoever wrote it. So we've got Psycho. So we've got why did the chicken cross the road? He didn't. He took it to the streets, which you really can't argue with that one, is it? And you got happy retirement, Josh. That's what you're going with. It's, it's I kind of like that one. It sounds even funnier <laughs> when you said it again. That's, that's why did the chicken? No, not that he said happy retirement. Why did the chicken cross the road? And then you open it, just says happy retirement. <laughs> I like that one though. The inside and the outside are not connected. <laughs> I taped two different cards together. How <laughs> happy retirement! Well, the, what a the stupid thing to get a card for. The real one was because chickens are really, really stupid, and shows the chicken has been run over. Oh gosh, okay. that's, that's gonna cause somebody trauma. And that's for birthdays or retirements. <laughs> It's not. It's. It's. I think it's a birthday card. It is not it's a almost, retirement yeah, card. It's almost more out of context than mine. Happy retirement. <laughs> I think I'm gonna start writing greeting cards because it honestly takes no talent or skill whatsoever. Uh, yet yeah. they end up on the shelves. So probably about somebody with a six-digit <laughs> salary. Yep. Anything goes. Figure salary. Anything goes. <laughs> All right, Phoebe, so who won that one? A tough call. I mean, I feel like Zach's was a very good line, but Josh's actually gave us way more laughs. It aged, it aged well. <laughs> yeah, I actually got to give it to Happy Retirement. <laughs> I'm with wow. you on that one. Just like a Christie novel, the twist at the end is what Final you, you never suspect. All along, it was what we thought. Happy retirement. <laughs> Speaking of retirement, this is the last episode of Don't Drink the Tea. <laughs> Speaking of retirement, Evan James retired from being a cop. I feel like Danny Shabom is going to retire from being our agent pretty soon. He can't. He owes millions of dollars to the IRS for whenever he collected stamps and committed stamp fraud. <laughs> stamp fraud is uh, punishable by death. That's one of the worst frauds. Is that it? Is that the game? That was the game. Yep. Did I win a game? <laughs> yes. That's the first time in history. Uh, at least I think you've you had to have won twice. a game before this. Yeah, I think I think you won once. I won the game of life once. Well, very that was a, that was a fun game. See, you act like you don't have good games and you always deliver. We prefer, I, I don't feel like I do, but thanks. For I prefer this over you, like giving us like moose cheese lard or whatever it is you're planning for when we can get together. <laughs> I need to. <laughs> uh, the last thing that we wanted to talk about before we ended was we have a uh, uh, store we wanted to talk about. Charlotte, did you want to drop that? Oh, yes. So uh, most of our listeners are fairly local. <laughs> and so just wanted to let everyone know that there is a new bookstore in Wardensville. Shocker. Woo! It is called Wordplay. And Wardensville, it, West Virginia. 
wardens for our uk fans <laughs> <laughs> the statistics show we have listeners in the uk so i wanted to really know, west virginia usa is the town we're talking about if you take a flight over here to see it this bookstore is charles about to talk about you really, yeah, it's good that you specified that, though, because when you type in the zip code for Wardensville, like in, in weather.com to get the weather, it brings up Wardensville, West Virginia, and someplace in Italy. No, so, Wardensville, Italy. much more exciting if you there. You search the zip code and it pops up, happy retirement. <laughs> <laughs> What's the name of the bookstore? The name of the bookstore is called Wordplay. And the owners are Tom and Marlene, and they are super sweet. And they have a don't drink the tea sticker on their cash register. So, so they're wow. <laughs> real. It's, it's the real deal. Man. So their store is awesome. And whenever it is safe to do so, please check it out. Wardensville, Venice. Be there, be square. You have to go right <laughs> off your gondola straight up into the bookstore, but it's worth it. I'm in. <laughs> oh man, I'd love to see you try to get out of a gondola, Zach. <laughs> Kevin can wait. <laughs> I thought I was in a boat with Zach. Uh, he overturned it, almost overturned. I did not. Was because he like? Uh, was he like Anne Meredith? Was he trying to drown you? <laughs> no, no, someone, someone threw, threw a, fish a fish at me. <laughs> not me. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. He I tried heard to drown all of us. It was. It's like a like five foot drop into the water i'm sure we could have all stood up in the water <laughs> and you would have that fish in your mouth well thanks for joining us bb we hope that you enjoyed not only the book but also uh being here and being someone to judge us that was my favorite part i'm sure <laughs> i hope we didn't ruin the magic for you i hope yeah. you can still use us as an excuse not to interact with your workmates i will continue to do that for sure Yay! Those are like the two worst parts of my personality. Like, okay, things I learned about Phoebe today. She doesn't uh, want to interact with anyone and she loves judging people. <laughs> hey. It's, it's exactly why we wanted you on here. <laughs> that, is, that is this podcast personality type. Yep. Those are traits. If this was an individual, those would be traits of the podcast. <laughs> it was so much fun. Good. Yes. We enjoyed having you. And we will be putting when, up the. Whenever something happens to me, I'm sure you'll definitely be getting a call. Never. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, we will let you know whenever she has her uh, retirement. <laughs> oh we no! It's like a instead of getting a horse head in my bed, I'm gonna get the chicken card. <laughs> Happy retirement! I'm like, oh no! Wait. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Zach, sign us out with, uh, wrap it up with some words of wisdom. Kevin can wait. And like, I forget the words. <laughs> Kevin can wait. And a band of angels wrapped up in my heart. will take me through the lonely night through the cold of the day and I know I know Kevin can wait 
And the gods come down here just to sing for me And the melody is gonna make me fly Without pain, without fear Kevin can wait Take me home tonight I don't wanna let you go to see the light Take me home tonight